Well, hello everyone. So welcome to this week's episode of reading food labels and ingredients. This is Kay Spears, nutritionist, and I'm here with Chef Andrew. I'm nutritious. And, and I'm he... delicious. Yay. Here we go. All right, so here we go. We're going to be talking about reading labels, and I'm going to let you start out, Chef Andrew. When you know, when we met, though, I just need to tell a quick story. Is uh, you reached out to me on Facebook and said, "Hey, I'm into nutrition, and I've written a little ebook on labels." And we should get together sometime and talk about nutrition. Hint, hint. And we're still together. <laughs> Checking it out. All right. So uh, let's get us started on. on well, your- so a lot of um, where the culinary slash grocery store world has gone is the I, we're finding that the ingredients and, and products that you find in a store are getting much, much better and also much, much worse. So there's the really good high-end things that are full of all the right fibers and proteins and uh, healthy uh, preservatives, if there is such a thing. And then there's there's things that are honestly just not even food. There's nothing listed in the ingredient list that really mimics any type of, uh, I don't know, food item. So uh, we have a lot of clients. Kay has a lot of clients, and we get constant pictures and text messages from the grocery store. People say, can I have this? And can I have that? Can I have this? And so the idea here today is to give you kind of some simple hard and fast rules about what to look for on the box, uh, whether you should ask a question or just straight away put it back. Exactly. And I've even fallen into those pitfalls before or what I've come, I've been I come home with something that I think is healthy, and then Andrew goes and looks at it and says, did you know this has corn syrup in it? (laughs) Don't. (laughs) All right, so let's start breaking it down. All right, well, let's start with the ingredient list. Let's say you grab a box of whatever, a snack or something or other, um, and the biggest things that you're looking for is, well, to start off with, the way that the ingredients are listed in order is how much of it is in the product. So whatever's listed first, there's the most of. Whatever's listed second, there's the second most of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of your, your first clue of, of, so if sugar is the second ingredient versus if sugar is the last ingredient, uh, it kind of gives you an idea of how much sugar is in there, but then you're going to talk about the label and the sugar and the grams. Um, and so we can look at that afterwards but the first thing you look at is a list of ingredients and there should be some major red flags the words maltodextrin put it back the words high fructose corn syrup put it back the words palm oil put it back Um, sodium nitrates or nitrites put it back Um, if sugar is your first second or third ingredient put it back lots of words in there that you can't even pronounce put it back exactly colored dyes yes and there's things that you are kind of unavoidable because if things are going to be packaged, transported, and put on a shelf, they have to have some type of preservative. Uh, there's things like guar gum, xanthan gum, carrageenan. Uh, some of these are, they're just, one is, a lot of them are roots from dried and powdered seaweed, dried and powdered seeds, uh, dried and powdered. Uh, and so they're not 
good I'm for you. I'm not a fan of Kerrigan. No, exactly. But <laughs> but they're not bad for you, but they're more stabilizers that go in the food. So if you see a lot of gums or Arabic gum or now granted it has four or five in, in, in one product, that's probably not good. Right. Well, Kerrigan, um, there have been studies of it causing cancer. So we tend to stay away from, from that. But the other ones you're talking about, which would be okay, like guard gum or um, xanthan gum or Arabic gum. Yeah, they're just they're stabilizers. So yeah. uh, they're not chemicals. They're actually they come from just dried seeds and dried um, uh, molecules and. Yeah. So those are okay. So, yeah. all right. So, <clears throat> so then tell us um, things that we. I, I know that I love Japanese pickles, and that's one of the things I brought home that had corn syrup in it. And I didn't even know that. I thought that Japanese pickles were, were good. I, I went to Japan for three months, so I thought it was totally healthy. But so kind of help us break down a label. All right. Well, let's start with, with ingredients. Let's, you know, things like I would say pickles. Okay. Pickles is a brine. It's a salt water, but a lot of pickles, especially bread and butter pickles, have a lot of sugar. Mm -hmm. um, almost every, <laughs> if you go to the international food section, almost every Asian sauce that you find, the first or second ingredient is sugar. Yes. Hoisin, teriyaki, um, teriyaki is number one ingredient is sugar. Um, and even our beloved sriracha has sugar in it. Now I'm not, syrup. I'm not saying that we're not going to eat it, I know. but, but sriracha does have, uh, another, does have sugar in it. Another big one, uh, pitfalls is barbecue sauce. Obviously, you know, the world of barbecue is based around honey, molasses, brown sugar. All those are not horrible. We prefer to use honey and molasses over brown sugar. Uh, but one of the most popular barbecue sauces on the market uh, rhymes with sweet baby rays. <laughs> the second <laughs> ingredient is high fructose corn syrup. Yet every restaurant we see uh, advertises, we use this barbecue sauce. And it's like, well, that's great. And I'm sure the flavor is fine. But honestly, you're not doing yourselves any favor on the insides. Well, you make a sugar-free, healthy barbecue sauce. I do. If you guys want that recipe, reach out to us. Just go to our website, kspears.com, Nutritious Meats Delicious, and you can email us and ask for that recipe. So, And we have lots of other recipes there as well. So let's talk about fats. Okay. Um, <clears throat> You know, there we in our diet we eat too many pro-inflammatory fats like, um, you know, margarine and palm oil and um, let's see what else, um, corn oils and soybean oils, which are genetically. Did modified. you say have hydrogenated yet? Hydro yes. So we need to make sure that we're taking in um, more of the um, anti-inflammatory fats, which is your omega-3s. That's your fish, your fish oils, your flax oil, um, you know, and saturated fats aren't, aren't bad, you know, coconut oil and stuff is bad. I think everything in, in moderation and healthy and avocado oil and, you know, flaxseed oil and sunflower oil, those are the oils we should be using. Um, not so much of the, the lards and, and when you're frying foods in, you know, trans fats, those are oils that can be rancid. Um, that's when you're eating margarine. That's pretty much like eating plastic. So, you know, just trying to keep your, your fats, good plant-based fats, your, your avocado oil, your olive oil, um, coconut oil. Is Sesame good. oil. Sesame Any oil. Any of your nuts and seed, nut and oil, seed oils. Walnut oils. Yes, all of those. And then making sure 
that you are taking in your good fish oils. Um, hey, Kay, what do you think sauce. about grapeseed oil? I'm not a huge fan of grapeseed oil. You know, that uh, my internship was with uh, Dr. Marshall, and he used to talk about grapeseed oil being actually um, furniture polish. Furniture polish. <laughs> so I'm not a fan of, of grapeseed oil. I do, we do cook a lot with um, our main staples are coconut oil, olive oil, avocado oil, and sesame oil, sesame oil, and flax oil. Those are, and fish oils. Those are kind of the main things that we cook with. Right. So like we said, folks, what we're trying to get you to is to check your check your ingredients. If if it's an item that's got nine different ingredients that should probably have about three, put it back. Yeah. Um, one of our, our favorite examples is the grocery store that we shop at. We They have blue corn tortilla chips. There's three ingredients. There's blue corn, salt, and lime. That's mm -hmm. all that's in this ingredient, and it's a bagged chip product. So there's no additional preservatives or additives so if you don't think you should have 12 different things and it does and the last four you can't pronounce then put it back well the same thing and you know we sell some healthy bars that we use on our phase one that are low carb they're like three net carbs that's the other thing is watching your carbs if you pick up something and it's not um Three net carbs, which meaning which means they're using a sugar alcohol to keep the the carbs low, even though the carbs say 24 grams, but there's sugar alcohols that you subtract out and fiber out, which makes it a three net carb bar. Um, a lot of these healthy bars we pick up and we think they're so good, and they're 25 to 30 grams of carbs in them. Ah, uh, yes, and here's another trick: is what Kay just told you about. That's per serving. Yeah. So what they'll do is they'll take a bar that's maybe four ounces, tell, try to tell you there's two servings in that bar when we all know we're going to eat the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so we might as well double what's on the label. They're trying to uh, dress up, sugarcoat the label, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> trying to sugarcoat the label to make it not look as bad because they are claiming that there's less, there's more servings um, in that item. Well, yeah. And then they use corn syrup and dyes and peanuts. Oh, yeah. And, and by the way, anytime it says natural flavors, there's nothing natural about natural flavors. It's a flavor that's mimicked to taste like a natural flavor. And can be MSG. If you actually Google uh, MSG and all the things that we can call MSG, natural flavors comes up on that list. Yeah. So we're not trying to be dream crushers here. We're just trying to give you a head start when you go to the store and you're like, Oh, well, that looks like it could be good because the box is all fancy and it's got all the buzzwords, yeah. low carb, low fat, low this, high that, tastes great, fat free, gluten free. Um, and so, but but when you, we actually grab it and do, do a little bit of due diligence by reading the box, you'll realize that it's just kind of some, some marketing at work. Well, like Cheerios, Cheerios, a lot of us give a, a toddlers, you know, a, a, a bowl of Cheerios to snack on. Cheerios, they claim to be healthy, but they actually, um, there's a lot of sugar in cereals. You know, I, I think when we got married, you were bummed because you haven't had a bowl of cereal <laughs> in four years, but there's a lot of sugar in cereals, even though it may not. A doctor friend of ours calls it, calls it sugar and cardboard. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just about educating yourself. It's about taking time in the store and looking at labels. And of course, the bottom line is fresh is best. You know, we use our pantry as a storage most of the time, making fresh vegetables, using healthy fats to, to cook your, your proteins and, and vegetables in. 
making sure that, you know, that your fruits and vegetables are fresh and, and maybe frozen, but you don't want to get canned because they have a lot of sodium. You're always going to do better with a fresh product or something that you're making, um, you know, instead of instant rice. Instant rice, by the way, breaks down into a higher carb and higher sugars than if you just go out and buy a $10 rice cooker and make your own rice. So there's lots of different things. Same thing with oatmeal. The instant oatmeal that you just add hot water to as versus the the, the 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 whole oatmeal that you actually have to cook for five minutes still cut to, absolutely yeah so just paying attention to things like that and um you know some of the things we do are zoom classes and grocery shopping classes and all of that so you can always reach out to us and just hey don't you know we'd love for your support um if you want to support us in any way on anchor that would be greatly appreciated. Everything that gets uh, donated to our podcast goes to Spears Initiative, which is our nonprofit that goes to underprivileged kids that need education, families that need education like this, so we can help them to keep them healthy and to sustain their own food sources and to, to get the education that they, they need because knowledge is power. Correct. Right? Do you have any last words? I do. Just real quick, the, some, some of the things that we're talking about that we've talked about on a lot of different podcasts, I'm just going to reemphasize here just because it's uh, it's near and dear to me as a chef, and that's nitrates and oh, this yes. whole new um, wave of uncured meats that are out. That uh, So basically what happens, folks, is when they make bacon, when they make ham, when they make lunch meat, they, make, they use what's called sodium nitrates or sodium nitrites. If you ever have a hot dog, uh, and it's not an uncured hot dog. You'll, you'll feel that kind of that that metallic-y tinge on your tongue. That's nitrates. It's also in really uh, low-grade bacon, mm -hmm. low-grade lunch meat. Uh, and it basically what it does is just it, it cures the product five times faster than just regular salt. Yeah. But then it sits there in the product. So there is a wide range of uncured bacon, uncured sausage, uncured lunch meat, uncured um, charcuterie. Uh, out there now. So there's even uncured pepperoni, which pepperoni, like the number one ingredient is this um, nitrate that, that I'm talking about, but not in this one. Yeah. Um, so uncured, yeah, you can see it all over the place. I know in Texas, the ones we used to get was starts with a P. It's an H-E-B. Peterson's. Peterson's. Because yeah. they're, they're local Texas farm. Yeah. And there's also Applegate, which you can buy all over. We're in Florida. They make well. uncured hot dogs, uncured bacon, uncured turkey bacon, uncured lunch meats. Yes. And then another thing um, that we use a lot for our phase oneers is a, a product called Real Good Foods. And so they're low in carbs and they're using like almond flour and chicken and stuff to make enchiladas and stuff. So you feel like you're having a, a cheat meal, but they're actually... Um, you know, they use uncured uh, meat products. They use uh, almond flour for their uh, buns, like their breakfast buns or almond flour. So they're really good. They're gluten-free and they are low carb. So we always do kind of recommend that line that you can get on um, Amazon or you can actually go to your grocery store. So that's some healthy hints of some some things you can do as far as using a packaged food right, right. and that's where we find a lot of uh i don't want to just say people american just people in general just you know a lot of people they where they fall off the wagon is when it comes to snack time chips and cookies and crackers and mm -hmm. box snacks and so there's there are some good ones out there don't be discouraged uh but i would say about probably 70 percent 
scent uh, are not that great. 20% you should never even pick up off the shelf because yeah, it's, it, there's not an ingredient in there that really tells you that it's any type of food item. Yeah, so pay attention, take some time in the store, read labels, reach out to us at www.kspears.com where we have a Nutritious Meats Delicious tab. We have other podcasts, uh, videos, and recipes all on that website. So Email us with any thoughts, ideas, and questions. All right, well, happy Saturday. Bye. Bye. Thank you.